Hello and welcome to Recovery Survey, the podcast where we survey recovering addicts with different backgrounds and different links of clean time and ask them questions about different recovery topics. Our guest today is Dan Caldwell. He is the founder of Caldwell Counseling Center in Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show, Dan. All right. Well, hey, guys, I appreciate you having me on, man. My name is Dan Caldwell. I am a licensed chemical dependency counselor, clinical supervisor in Houston, Texas. I started a counseling practice last year called Caldwell Counseling Center. So, yeah, I'm just a dude in long-term recovery, man. My, my sobriety date is 8 10 That's my sobriety date. Um, so a little over 10 and a half years, and that I'm grateful for every day. You know, I, like a lot of people, just grew up in what I knew was normal, um, only to find out later it wasn't so normal. I started drinking and using drugs at 13, maybe 12, whatever age you are in the seventh grade, sixth grade, somewhere back then. It was a, I lived in a little town called Euless, Texas, up by Dallas, and uh, you know that's where it happened. And then I moved around a lot, moved to a, moved to Houston where I live now, but I moved all over Alaska, Oregon, uh, back to Houston. I've been in Houston now since '93, and yeah, man, just out of control. Just, just you know, life was out of control. Uh, drinking and using dope and, and, you know, just behaviors that accompany that, nothing nice. So I was at, once I got sober, I immediately went to, I had some, I had run a painting company for about nine years, a house painting company with moderate success. And, and, you know, you don't need much education for that. And I had dropped out of high school in the 10th grade, got a GED about 10 years later. And, and, you know, college was never really in my future. But as soon as I got sober this time, and, and mind you, I had tried multiple times, which I'll get into here in a little bit, but I went right to college. Um, and I don't recommend that necessarily. But, you know, you hear people say all the time, I hear my clients say all the time, this time's different. And, and I give them the benefit of the doubt because this time was different for me too. And I felt that I, I sobered up in August of 09. And by January 2010, I was enrolled in a community college here in Houston called Lone Star College. Um, that college changed my life, man. And uh, I recently just completed my master's program at Liberty University. So, you know, I, I believe them when they say this time's different. Now, I take it with a grain of salt as well sometimes, but but I do give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I was fortunate to, through Lone Star, to get on with a, a treatment center here in Houston. And, and I was pretty unfamiliar with how all that worked. You know, I sobered up through a 12-step program. So I'm a 12-step guy for sure. Yeah, I got on with treatment and I learned the value there. I worked there for about nine years till I opened my own practice. And I worked everywhere, detox, outpatient, inpatient. I, I just did just about everything you could do there within within reason. And a great experience there. Watched, watched a lot of people's lives change through that process. But that's only a piece of the process. But what I learned in that process was so many times we try to fit a square peg into a round hole when it comes to recovery. And I think we all do that with, I say we all, many people do that with, with good intention. This is what worked for me, right? And this is, this is what I know works. And so they're very passionate about that. As you know, people in, in recovery become very passionate about because of the life change. It just means so much to them that they know that this is, this is what worked for me. This is what's going to work for you. And that's not always the case. What I discovered is, is 
there's so many different pathways to recovery. And I, as I worked for this treatment center, it was a 12-step based treatment center. And again, let me let me preface with I'm a 12-step guy. I saved my life. However, I just learned there's more ways to recovery than that. And the center would say, well, you know, we're here. We're going to meet you where you're at. And we're going to offer you other solutions. But there were no other solutions, at least not at that particular center. They, you know, it was all 12 steps. So there's much more things that so many more things out there. There's, you know, smart recovery, refuge recovery. Some people get sober going to church. So the slogan to my company is the Caldwell Counseling Center is discover your pathway to recovery because they're all different. Right. Mine may be different than yours and yours may be different than so and so and so on and so forth. But I have to respect that path. And, and you know, if anybody in recovery knows you, you have some trial and error along the way. Some things work, some things don't. Um, whatever works, keep it. Whatever doesn't move on. You, you know, there's so many variables to what makes a person choose what they choose. Um, in, in my case, for example, it was. That's all I had available, and I'm and I'm grateful for that. So I got sober in Alcoholics Anonymous, and in '09, and at the time, that's just where I found a home. I tried in a it wasn't it really wasn't for me, and, and that's okay. Um, I could have gone to a Do you have anything anonymous? But I don't think they had that at the time. They probably do now. That being said, you know, just where I landed, and, and I I learned the program. It taught me how to live. For long story short. But I also look at the program realistically, at least from from my realistic view, and that is it's not perfect, right? And and I don't think it ever claims to be, which is one of the things that, that allowed me to stay is I didn't have to be perfect. And I tell my clients every day, it's, it's, it, the reality is this, is, is if you do these principles and work a program, whatever that program looks like to you, you do it more than you don't, your life will improve. Um, it's not about being perfect. If AA says, you, you know, it's progress, not perfection, and I couldn't agree more. And what I've learned through education is that program really does have some merit. You know, things they were saying in the 30s, they call it an allergy. Science has caught up and said, well, this is really what happens in the brain. One of the my favorite parts of that book, the, the big book, is where it says, you know, acceptance is the key to all my problems. I couldn't agree more. So what I find works uh, well and what I like to see happen is a foundation in a 12-step program. I, I think that for what it is, there's nothing else like it, right? There's nothing else that, that has that social component like an AA or an NA or a CA or AAA or MBA or whichever you decide to, to attend. Kidding, of course, about the MBA, but whatever it is, is that you do choose, I think that has a social component unlike anything else, right? I, I'm a proponent of treatment if that's necessary. And I know a lot of 12-step people will, will disagree, and that's okay. They're certainly entitled to do that. I, I've just seen the value of treatment. So if that's the case, treatment followed by a 12-step program engagement. And, and when I say engagement, I mean engage. I don't mean go to a bunch of meetings and, and don't do anything else or don't meet with a sponsor you know, five times a week and don't do anything else. Don't just read the book cover to cover and not do anything else. I think a, a program of recovery for me is any positive lifestyle change, right? That That's part of a recovery process. But it needs to have a foundation. And I believe the best foundation for that is a 12-step program. Smart Recovery is a great program to add into the mix as well. You know, I mentioned the concrete 
tools people can use to identify feelings and, and what's making this happen and, and what's a rational or irrational belief, those type things. I think a smart recovery group is phenomenal for that. Therapy is, is of course, I, I'm a proponent of that. I, I think most of us could use some some form of that. I just happen to specialize in drug and alcohol addiction. But, you know, there's so many therapists out there that specialize in so many things. If you're using, you know, EMDR to treat trauma, for example, that has a, that's a wonderful thing to use, right? But if, if when I mention cognitive behavioral therapy or if I'm using DBT, CBT, EMDR, there's so many acronyms and things, initials and, and whatnot to use, it, it's really 70 to 90% of that is just the relationship, right? I don't want to talk to someone I don't, I don't like. Um, I think that goes for most people across the board. So for me, it's about building a rapport and then helping them discover what, what works for them and what doesn't, right? And I mentioned earlier, it's kind of trial by error. You know, not the reality is, is, is and, I, and I've had these conversations in depth with many 12-step people who say, this is all you need is this book right here, this big book. And again, I'm going to say that's, that's what worked for me. I lived in those meetings in the beginning. I mean, I literally, pro, I literally went to at least two a day, almost five days a week, and at least one a day, seven days a week. Um, I didn't have the money for treatment or for counseling or any of that. Sure would have helped, but I didn't have the resources for that. So I understand that, that that program is wonderful and it works, but just I would really encourage members to be uh, open-minded to other other forms as well. Even the book says, you know, be quick to make use of what's out there. So I, I just think there's some things that, that therapy and, and counseling, et cetera, can help with that, that may, you know, some people can very, definitely benefit from. And I think it's just important we all encourage each other, no matter what we do, if we're trying to make these positive lifestyle changes and get into a program of recovery, just be mindful my recovery may look different than yours. But as long as I'm doing it, do something every day for your recovery. I'm a big believer in structure. Well, we're fortunate in this day and time, and at least I can speak to my city, Houston, which I'm very proud to live here, and the recovery community is second to none here. It's huge for starters. But secondly, it, I mean, I think there's something like 22 to 2300 meetings a week here. You know, many groups have four or five meetings a day sometimes, and, and there's others that do weekly and, and, you know, on and on. There's every type of meeting you could imagine here. So I think we're, we're very blessed to have the diverse type of meetings we have here and as often as we have them. So if you really want to find a meeting that works, and, and I'll always encourage my people to try multiple before they say this isn't for me or this is for me, you know, go three or four times to the same one. If it's not for you, find another one. They're out there. And we're just, like I said, we're so fortunate to have that here. So I think, you know, encourage them to build a, a foundation in the 12-step program, continue some counseling, um, and, and any positive lifestyle change, you know, just do something every day. I would love to say, you know, read the book every day, pray and meditate every day, go to a meeting every day, call your sponsor every day, work with others every day. And that's fine. I think that's a, a recipe for success, no doubt. But not everybody's able to do that. For this, you know, There's just so many variables. Mental health is a very large variable in that scenario. I just don't know that enough is done to address that. I think co-occurring disorders are, are very real and, and very prevalent in today. It's, it's 
you know, it's not often I come across someone who is just a straight up alcoholic with no anxiety, no depression, no bipolar, no something that's co-occurring. It, it's rare. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but it, it is rare for me, at least in my 10 years of experience. And it just seems to be getting worse, not better. So I think it's important that, that we, we work with, with everyone. And one of the things I, I remember is, is I have, if you're familiar with the Grapevine magazine, from, from it's an AA publication. It's a wonderful wonderful magazine. I love it. And in 2011, they had one of the World Service Organization members on there, and it was one of the non-alcoholic board members, and it was a reverend, I believe. And he said, you know, mind you, this is 2011, but he said the three biggest challenges that AA faced moving forward at the time was they faced uh, liter being too heavy literature-based. And what he was saying, is, as you read the article, was that you know, today we're moving more and more towards online access. And that, that was legit, I, I think. I think that's, that's, I don't think anybody could argue that. He was definitely not saying don't, don't have a book and don't read the book. He was just saying he thinks as an organization they need to move more, you know, have more of an online presence, which I believe they've done a wonderful job of. Um, at least here in Houston, there's, you can find anything you need online. Um, that being, or there's an app, or there's, there's just all kinds of ways to access it. So they've done a good job there. Second was, he said the difference between, you know, recognizing the difference between spirituality and religion. I, I know here they, they, they make that difference pretty clear. While people still steer towards religion, in many cases, the, the group as a whole, everyone I'm aware of, typically makes it pretty well known that, the, you know, the distinction. So I, I don't know that that's too big of an issue here. You know, we have Celebrate Recovery if there's somebody who wants a faith-based program. Like I said, there's a 12-step program for everyone. And then third, lastly, he said, and this is the one that I, I really take hold of, is, is what he called polysubstance addiction is what we used to call when you're, you know, you have more than one addiction. So, again, it's, it's, it's for me, it's, it's not often I see too many folks that, that are just straight up alcohol or just straight up this or just straight. There's usually something else along with that. Not always by any means, but, but certainly the numbers in, as a whole are, are leaning towards that more and more. And, and I thought that that was, was interesting in this article. He had talked about, you know, keeping in mind a, a singleness of purpose, but we're also there to help. And I, I find that very interesting because, you know, you still hear stories of, of people saying, well, you can't talk about this here. You, you can't do this here. And, and, you know, I encourage my people when they're at an AA meeting, I'm just Dan, I'm an alcoholic. I don't need to be what we used to call an ANDA. I'm a Dan, an alcoholic and an addict. It's part of my story. It doesn't change because I identify a certain way or out of respect for whatever program you're at. I just say, you know, follow what they're doing. But I, I do think this is a great topic. I think it's one that I, I know it's one I like to discuss every chance I get. It's just basically for me, it's about breaking any kind of stereotypical thoughts that people may have about one way to recover or another. You know, I, I see people wake up every day and just say, I'm done with this, and they go on with their lives. Now, I, I couldn't do that. I tried many times, and it just never happened that way for me, as it doesn't with many of my clients. People go to church, say, you know what, I found what I'm looking for here, and they recover that way. Other people go to AA, NA, CA, CMA, you know, whatever you do. Some people go to SLAA. I mean, there's just so many routes to take. Some people engage in a 12-step program for X amount of time, and then they, they, they go on to live life and do other things. 
other people stay engaged in a program like AA for, you know, the rest of their lives. Each individual is different. But I, I just think it really is truly about finding your route and, and your way. And, you know, I always like to use the analogy of, of downtown Houston. It, it's a very large city with lots of highways. There's only one downtown and all of us are trying to get there. But whether I take this highway or that, I'm still headed in the same place. And so, you know, I felt like coming up with that would be all inclusive. And let's just, you know, so many times, for example, when I, when I try to get someone into treatment who really may need that, well, I don't want to do this. I can't do that. And they list a laundry list of reasons they can't go, right? Well, okay, well, let's try it your way. Let's at least do the detox if that's necessary. If it's not necessary, we won't. And then let's try at least an outpatient. And then if that doesn't work, you know, on the contingency, we'll try that with the contingency that you do inpatient. If that doesn't work, we tried it your way. Or let's try to get involved in a 12-step group first and see how that goes. I just think there's so many avenues. And I was just recently reading a book called Trauma and the 12 Steps. Very good book. Kind of gives a, a pretty good look into how you can, how the working the 12 steps can help with trauma but how it also, you know, be kind of a slippery slope at times. Um, and they gave it a pretty good example of, you know, we like to throw out these sayings, for example, like our secrets keep us sick. Now, while I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I understand the principle behind that is, is you know, it's about being rigorously honest and doing those things. But it also, if you had somebody who was severely traumatized and maybe abused in some way and, and you know, had to tell secrets to survive. That's their survival mode. That's what they know. That can be a little off-putting. So I, I get those things. And that's where I think, you know, clearly there's some counseling or therapy that, that may help with that and ease them into that 12-step program. But, you know, all that said is, is look, I love the 12-step program. I think, again, I'm going to reiterate, I think it makes a solid, solid foundation for any type of recovery program. Um, and it saved my life. So, you know, i got nothing but love for it. I just think I want to honor everybody's way to get where they're trying to go. And again, for me, any healthy lifestyle change is part of recovery, whether that includes working out, running, meditation, however you choose to do that. It's all about doing, you know, doing as we like to say the next right thing, whatever that is. So, yeah, man, that, that's really me in a nutshell. That's my kind of belief on the recovery path, many pathways, I should say. Um, it's just about finding which one works for you. That's awesome, man. And I think it's really important what you were talking about, how there's multiple roads to recovery and we need to find the one that works for us. I also think that the mental health aspect that you brought up is really important. And it's something that we need to break the stigma of talking about in the rooms and be there to help people with multiple issues. That's a fact. And I, and I don't know... Uh, where where you are in Dallas, if they have P11 meetings in AA, but those are a place where people can go and openly talk about those kinds of things. So basically what a P11 meeting is, is it's an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting first and foremost, but it's also for those members that take medication and other drugs, it says, and it comes from what it's called pamphlet 11. That's what the P11 means. When you open up a, an AA meeting, you know, if you've ever been to one, you know, there's the little racks with all the little pamphlets. Well, there's one called Pamphlet 11, and that's what this is about. So anybody that is searching for 
an AA meeting and, and maybe you have a bipolar disorder and take medications, that is a wonderful meeting. If you don't have one in your area, consider starting one. I know there was at one point like 10 in the city of Houston. Now, today, I'm not exactly certain if those numbers are still accurate, but it's so important that we talk about it. And, and, you know, I remember seeing a sign in AA that said, you know, we're responsible to be the hand that reaches out for somebody when they they come new, not the foot that kicks them out the door because they have other issues. Um, I've just never understood that mentality, and I see it more than I care to. And I understand the value of, a, of an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting being kept to what its purpose is. I certainly understand that as well. But I think we could do a better job as a community of offering other resources rather than just saying you can't talk about that here. This isn't the place. Right. Well, then, then guide them to the place that is as a brother or sister in recovery who has a family, who has a child, who has who may be suffering dearly, help guide them to the right place. I think that's all of our responsibility as members of a recovery community. Like, see, we're, we're given this gift that we call recovery, and it is a gift, right? And, and by showing our gratitude for that group, gift, we get as knowledgeable and as educated as we can about other resources out there so that, A, we do keep the the sanctity of our, our of our, our meeting, we, we keep the what it's for, the singleness of purpose. We, we don't lose that, but we also are able to help someone else who is suffering. And I get real passionate about that because I just I, I think that's where my training and the treatment center and, and my education and, and therapy have really combined with my 12 step knowledge and experience to say, hey, this could be done differently. I certainly respect and will always have a, a deep fondness for, for what AA did for me. It gave me a life that I didn't know was possible. But I also feel like we could do as a community a bit better job. And not to say that there's many people out there doing a wonderful job. I don't want to. It's a very small problem, quite honestly. But it's just one that could be we could all do a better job, you know, myself included, of, of just having those resources and knowing where to help someone when they need it. Absolutely. I have a very similar experience to that. When I first was looking for recovery, the only fellowship I was familiar with was AA. I went to a few of their meetings and I was doing, like you were talking about, alcoholic and. And after one of the meetings, one of the old timers pulled me aside and pointed me to a different 12-step fellowship. And I went to that meeting and I felt like I actually fit in there. But initially when he told me that, I felt rejected and felt like I wasn't welcome there and I kind of felt butthurt. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's but it does have that feeling of, yeah, I'm not welcome here, but you're right, you'll find your spot. Just keep looking. Um and you know, when we're trying to get sober, we're sensitive. Sober, clean, however, whatever label you want to put on that, when we're trying to change our lives, we're we're sensitive, extra sensitive. And so those things really do matter. And yeah, it's just about finding your home. So on my website, caldwellcounselingcenter.net, I have a resource page, a 12-step resource page in particular, and I don't know, there's probably 20 different, you know, 12-step groups on there. And, and, and what, I, what I recommend for, for, that's how heavily I believe in a 12-step program, there's a documentary from 2012 called The Anonymous People. Um, if you haven't seen it, look it up. It, it's a great documentary about recovery. But what it, it says something, quotes a number of like 200 plus, like 230-something, 250-something, somewhere up there of 
12 step groups that either use 12 steps, the same 12 steps, or have anonymous in the title that all started obviously from AA. Uh, pretty interesting how many of them there are. Some of them I look at and I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to laugh because people out there need them, but some of them tend to get a little bit over the top, I think. But there, there's some really good ones. And, you know, again, it's about being open. I've had clients tell me their sponsors got really upset with them that I had them read a, a book about codependency. I don't understand why anyone would be upset with someone trying to read something that helps them. You know, those kinds of things are always going to be something we, we I don't want to say struggle with, but but kind of have a, a little bit of a tug of war with. If you're new in recovery and you got a sponsor saying, don't take this medication or don't do this or don't read anything outside of this literature, that's a problem, right? But I guess I was fortunate to get around a group of gentlemen who said, no, no, learn from everywhere you can. You know, my very first sponsor told me, look, dude, if, if I, at some point you will outgrow me. And he said, that doesn't make you smarter than me, better at the program than me. That just means we've done what we can do together. And at some point that should happen. And I will help you find another sponsor. And that, so that's how I was kind of indoctrinated into the program. And, and it really helped me. You know, it didn't put all this pressure of, I got to keep a sponsor. I got to do this. I mean, I had to keep a sponsor, but I didn't have to stick with one. I, I did, but. You kind of see what I'm saying with it, which just uh, it was a much better fit for me having that. No, no, we want you to learn from everywhere you can, as long as you're following our principles here. If you really look at the program's principles, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't want to live by those. Well, I think if you're living by spiritual principles, then you should be practicing the spiritual principle of open mindedness and you should be open to receive outside information. Absolutely. Well said. I, I, again, I said this in the beginning. I think, I think we just get, and, and I say me too, even. I, so I use the term we because I want to include myself, but I think we just get so passionate about, you know, this thing has made, whether it's NAAACA, again, any of them, counseling, treatment, therapy, church, whatever it is that's changed your life for the better and, and allowed you to see through this lens, through the sobriety lens. You know, I used dope and drank for 25 years, and I've been sober 10. I'm almost 48 years old. I spent, you know, the majority of my adult life using and drinking. And so I'm pretty passionate about what recovery's given me, as most people are. And I think that's where this comes from. So it's all with good intent of this is what's worked, and this is what's given me my life. So, of course, I want to share that with you, and I want you to do it this way because it's what's worked for me. You know, so I don't knock anyone for, for any of those things. So I hope it didn't come across like that at all. Um, I think everybody means well. I agree with you. And I think it's important to remember that every person's different. And so everyone's recovery is going to be different. And like you were talking about, there are multiple avenues to recovery. Uh, agreed. And, and I would never discourage someone from trying anything they feel like they want to try. Now, I may have opinions or thoughts on it, right? Which, I, of course, I do. Um, but it, it doesn't mean my opinion is right for that person. And if they need to feel like they need to try this, fine. And I just say, look, take these basic principles, things like look for the similarities, not the differences. Because, look, it's easy to walk into any type of 12-step group and go, nope, 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 I'll never say that. Listen to this dude, no way. But if I can sit down and say, you know what, that sounds familiar, it's, it really matters. And, and I think it just goes so far. So be open-minded, like you say, to anything anybody wants to do. and. You know, support your brother or sister in recovery because they need it. 
it's not my place to tell someone else how to do their recovery. Uh, it, it goes back to the very most fundamental piece of recovery, and that's just to share my experience, strength, and hope, regardless of what that is. And it's just mine. It, 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 you know, I, I can't make that up. That's that's my experience, and you do what you want with it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. I could talk about this all day. I, it gets me excited. I just think we we need to be more a little more cognizant of the of the mental health piece and the just what's out there to help there's so many things to help from high end to low end to everywhere in between you know and as a clinician one of the things i pride myself on is having those resources not everybody can afford counseling they still need help right and if counseling can benefit them i know where i, I know where there's places that will will take them i know where there's places that want to see high end people I know, you know, everywhere in between, and it's good to have those resources. And every, I would think every major city has them. Again, I, I can, I can just really speak for where I'm at in Houston, and we're very lucky to have the the amount of resources we have here. Well, I appreciate you taking time and sharing your perspective with us. How can people get in contact with you? Yeah, sure, that's great. Thank you. Uh, you can reach me at Caldwell C A L D W E L L Counseling Center dot net. And that has other, my other contact information. Um, you know, of course, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, all under Caldwell Counseling Center. So, yeah, and, and I do teletherapy all over Texas. So, you know, whether you're in Dallas or, or Amarillo or, you know, El Paso, wherever, I, I can see that route. But anyway, you know, I'm always just as a dude in recovery, I'm always willing to just talk. So there's that piece, too. So, yeah, I appreciate it. That's CaldwellCounselingCenter.net. Thanks again, Dan. Well, hey, I appreciate you doing what you do. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure talking with you, Dan. I appreciate you taking time and sharing with us. If you'd like to contact Dan, his information will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to Recovery Survey. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a rating or a review, and please be sure to tell your friends about us. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we have a brand new website. It's recoverysurvey.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Brett. Thanks for listening.